Welcome everyone to the 209 Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Luis Urbano. And in today's episode, I'm going to be interviewing Maria Alanis. Uh, she is a filmmaker from Stockton, California. And so I'm really excited to find out all about what she's done thus far in her career and what her future plans are as well. But before we get started, quick reminder, if you're not following the 209 Journey on social media quite yet, please uh, feel free to give it a follow. You can find it at the 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you're not subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe to it wherever you're listening to it currently. Each platform gives you the ability to be able to subscribe. And if you do so, you would be alerted of any new episodes that are posted as well. So a great perk to have. Also, as I mentioned before, I do post new episodes each week on Wednesday mornings. Uh, episode should be up by 7 in the morning. And so for anyone who is wanting to listen early, maybe if you're commuting to work or maybe you're beginning work, uh, I want to make sure that you can actually listen to it each week. So let's go ahead and get started with today's episode of the 209 Journey podcast. So as I mentioned earlier, um, on the podcast today is Mariana Nis from Stockton. Welcome to 209 Journey, Maria. How's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah. Th th thank you for uh, taking some time to be on here. I know you're you're pretty busy over in LA right now, but I'm really excited to hear all about all the things that you've done in, in the film industry thus far. But before we get to that, because I'm really excited to hear about all that, I, I do want to hear more about uh, your story growing up here in the 209. Uh, I know that you, know, you were born in Michoacan. You came at like a really early age, right? At the age of one to Stockton, and then you grew up most of your life until you went to college. Um, but, you know, just tell us more about what it was like to grow up in Stockton. Uh, growing up in Stockton, Stockton's all I really ever knew. Uh, we never really went out anywhere. Uh, my parents were, I, I guess I'm first generation here from Mexico. So my parents brought me at a really young age. And for until I think I was in third grade, I was illegal. I was undocumented. So it was my dad and I that were undocumented and my mom and my brother, um, my mom was a resident and my brother was born here. So we didn't really do a lot because there was a lot of fear um, about like going out and like getting caught um, by like the migra and stuff like that. So um, we kind of just stayed and yeah, my parents, they worked in the field, like the tomato field for a while um probably most of my grade school years and I mean I, I remember going with them to the field whenever they couldn't like find um like a sitter or something and I mean that was just my childhood that's what I knew I, I was I never really considered myself like like I guess I never really considered myself poor because now that I look back I was like wow I don't know how we did it but um yeah I mean we lived in like I lived in Turnpike Road it's right across from Dolores Huerta Elementary, right next to uh, Edison High School. Oh, okay. And, and those apartments that were Central Mart used to be, but now it's like a Dollar General, something <laughs> like that. I lived in those apartments. And yeah, th those were probably like the best years of my life because I had so many friends there that lived there. Um, and all of my friends that were in that apartment complex, we all went to Dolores Huerta together. So it was just like a cool environment to kind of grow up in like I never really thought of another place like oh I wish I lived somewhere else I just thought that oh this is like a cool 
community we had just in that like apartment complex. And then the school, uh, I remember meeting Dolores Huerta a few times when I was in the elementary school. But yeah, I, I think, I don't think I even went to like the mall until I was like in the fifth grade. It, and I would go to Sherwood Mall and I would then once I discovered the mall, my mom take me every week. <laughs> so every week she would take us um, just to play that arcade the in the arcade um, area. That's I don't think it's there anymore. Um, but, yeah, I would I would love going to Sherwood Mall with my with my mom and my brother. And then we would occasionally go like fishing in the Delta with my dad. And then, yeah, it's it it brings like thinking about it now, it just brings back a lot of memories of just like fun childhood because my parents did a really good job of like, I guess, closing us off from like their struggles, but also like a lot of the kids that I hung out with, they were in kind of the similar situation as I was. And we were just like making the best out of everything. And I don't think we've ever like, it was more, more, more like a carefree type of thing. We would just go outside and play. And I never wanted to leave Stockton when I grew up. I was when I was growing up as a kid, I was like, oh, this is where my family is, where my friends are. This is my home. And I mean, I loved I loved it. I loved every every minute of it. I remember going to even like the St. Mary's um, homeless shelter because they would give out free food and stuff like that. Um, And I did I did a, a small documentary for them. I remember when I was in college and. Yeah, it was. It's just like a lot of memories, especially in the south side of Stockton for me, because that's where I mostly grew up. Yeah, it's it was it's it was such a like tight knit community and kind of people looking out for one another and just like the cool things that we would get really excited for. Like I remember when they built the the theater in downtown, everyone was like, "Oh, it's such a cool theater!" Instead of like the holiday cinema that's like in <laughs> near Hammerling. And then everyone started going downtown. So I remember doing that like in high school and we would just be like, oh yeah, we're going to downtown to to go watch a movie. And I mean, I ended up in the film industry, so I loved watching films and stuff like that. So yeah, like it, it's just like such a thinking about it. And then going back and visiting my parents because I go back occasionally. Um, it's just, it's a lot of really good memories. Not really any bad memories, but a lot of really good memories and I remember uh, my my grandmother. She used to because we used to live in those apartments. She would sneak us into the Edison like football or soccer area. It was like the weekend, and we would just like slip through the gate, and the sprinklers would turn on, and we just like she's like, "You guys, you want to go to the park and get wet?" And we're like, "Yeah." <laughs> it's not. It wasn't a park. It was a school, but we would just like hop in and like or sneak in, and we would just like play there and. One time, I think the security like caught us, but he just saw us having fun. Like he just let us do our thing, and then we would walk back um, home. But yeah, it's like a lot of those really random. Like when you watch a film and you see like random like things that kids do that just have fun, like out in the street. That's kind of what we were doing. And like I never felt unsafe as a kid, especially when I was like in the those apartment complexes. Like I said, it was a community. But yeah, it's just a lot of fun random things that we used to do we used to find things to do um and like yeah it it was it was just like our imaginations kind of took over so that's kind of how we would have fun and just like the adults letting us be kids 
which I think they did a really good job with not just myself, like my family, but like the parents around us because they were all in similar circumstances where they all immigrated. And I mean, obviously when you're immigrating, a lot of times they come to this country to make their, their children's life better. And they kept with that, I guess, promise. And they really tried to make it as so that everything is fine, everything's good. You're not, we're not like one paycheck away from like being like homeless or anything. It was just like this community of like, yeah, if you need help, we'll, we'll help. Or um, if you need me to watch the kids, we'll watch the kids. So like all of our neighbors were, we were really close, close knit and we would throw parties together. We would like throw the, um, we threw like a Halloween party one year. And that was really cool because all the, all the, the kids from the apartment complex just went to the basketball court and we were just like, they just did a bunch of games for us. And that was really cool. And then I also remember too, that the Stockton PD would stop by the, um, the apartment complex and they would like give us toys from the trunk. So I remember that because I, that year, I don't, I don't think my parents had enough money to buy like something big. So they, I think they gave me like a tea set or something when I was a kid. And I was kind of a tomboy, but I was just like, thank you. <laughs> but I ended up playing with it, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember a lot of those really cool things um, when I was a kid and just really letting us be kids. So, yeah, those are like, that was me growing up. I was just always like, I, when people say just be a kid, that's kind of what I was trying to do is just be a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really think a lot about like, what could go wrong I was just doing a lot of things and I did get in trouble a lot but I was having fun yeah don't we wish we could all go back to those at least relive some of those years again right and yeah all that yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no that's really great that you know you grew up in a really good community like that and that everyone being in the same circumstance you kind of you know related with each other I I can relate to that I also grew up in a community like that and you know, it, it's really nice to be able to yeah. be around that. Yeah. And by the way, I think they're uh, remodeling Sherwood Mall, too. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I think it should be reopening soon from what it looks Isn't like. Isn't it but, like yeah. Dick Mall or something like that now? Oh, are they going to change it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it, uh, I thought the name changed or did they keep it? Maybe they changed it. Yeah, I'm not too sure about the name. I, I just saw I've just didn't seen that they are remodeling the whole uh mall and also i think i believe now making it to just into one right because before there was two right it was like kind of weird the right Town? yeah 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 Weber's so, Town yeah. was like you go there for shoes and like for <laughs> barnes and noble and they sure would you go there to eat like that was the whole thing <laughs> yeah well not now it'll just be one right how i think how it should always should have been yeah right? like... <laughs> yeah like like the modesto mall two yeah. stories perfect yeah or, yeah or they could have just made it two stories too yeah yeah that's yeah. that's true yeah <laughs> i know you said that like you didn't want to leave stockton so walk us through you know when you make that decision of like you know what it's gonna be tough but i'm gonna actually like have to leave stockton i went to college in the art institute in sacramento so i would just commute um i figured it'd be there to just save money um mm. but yeah like i I was in Sacramento for like most of my days and then would come back home or the weekend for the weekends. I would come, I 
be in Stockton. But obviously, with the industry that I chose to um, get my bachelor's in, I would eventually need to leave. And because, I mean, there is a lot of media and like some filmmaking going on in Northern California, but not as much as Southern California. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's Hollywood. So I did think I, I would need to leave at some point. But there's like some so many things that I I thought about that I would be missing and missing out on. Um, like I said, I grew up in Stockton. That's all I ever knew. That was the home that I knew. And I was familiar with it. And I was familiar with uh, the Bay Area, with Sacramento, with all of that. So it held like a really near and dear like spot in my heart. So leaving it was really tough. And I I moved in 2020, two weeks before the shutdown. So I have perfect timing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and everything shut down. The film industry shut down, which that's crazy for the film in- industry to shut down. Mm. It has to be really bad. Um, and I was like, well, I moved from Stockton to LA and now look what's going on. Like I have nothing. Um, but eventually I did end up on some shows. Um, but yeah, it was really hard. And I spoke to my mom about it because it was such a big change for me. Um, not only will I be not living in Stockton, I won't be with my family and the community that I built throughout the years. Um, and just like that support um that I have and that I've had built um all my life especially with film and tv a lot of times it's not taken seriously so you I mean you have relatives and they're like oh what are you doing with your life I'm like I'm studying film and tv and they're like is there something else that you're gonna do like how are you gonna work in the news and for a long time I I did work in the I worked in the news because I felt like that was the only option for me and like I said, I didn't want to leave Stockton. Um, I worked at ABC 10 for oh, nice. a little bit over a year. And I was considering being like just staying there. But I really wanted to get into TV and film. And that was like my passion. So I'd set, I had to sit down with my mom. And I was like, Your, what you want is in L.A. So you have to go to L.A everything everyone's here yes you'll be fine like your whole family's here but you can come it's like a five-hour drive and so I eventually did move and I mean there are there are a lot of things that I kind of think Stockton for in LA because there's a lot of things that are very similar to Stockton here in LA but there's a lot of things that are very different but I feel like Stockton kind of helped me create like some independence but also understand the community because here I live in Koreatown and there's a lot of Koreans here and there's a lot of um, Mexicans and Salvadorians. And it's just like a community that I'm really used to um, living in Stockton. So just like it's it's a similar kind of experience in the area that I live in. But then you go to like a different area like Beverly Hills and we don't have that in Stockton. (laughs) Um, But like other areas where it's like, oh, people will say that don't stay away from that area. I'm just like. And that's literally where the best food is. That's mm. where the nicest people are going to be. So that's why, like, when I was looking for an apartment, like, Koreatown really spoke to me. Because I, I mean, I've been around Koreatown. But I, it also, like, kind of was, like, home a little bit. Because it had the culture, like, that Stockton had. And Stockton has, like, this culture that I haven't been able to, like, quite pinpoint 
here in LA that I I really miss because it's like a some, like a sense of community that a lot of people have of like oh we'll look out for each other and stuff like that especially where, where I grew up um, and where friends are more family than they are friends and that's kind of what I wanted to like surround myself with here in in LA so I chose like an area where people kind of had their like oh it's not as safe but to me it's just I don't think it's not safe I just think that people have like their per- perception of what what safe really is um because I felt nothing but safe in Koreatown and, and the same in Stockton it's just the culture that we that these people bring and that I get to be a part of it's just I'd rather have that than live like in a like a fancy studio in Beverly Hills and like only see like a palm tree here and there like I want the culture I I can walk down the street and get authentic pupusas and you know you can't do that anywhere else so yeah it's it's the culture for me the the authentic Mexican food um and all that stuff but yeah like in Stockton we all have our spots we all have our burrito trucks and stuff like that it took me a while to find a truck here but yeah and then there's a lot of spots where you um I am really into like ice cream for some reason now and there's a ice cream spot in Stockton that I really like but I forgot the name of it it's on like Harding Way I think it's Harding Way it might be on Harding Way it's like near um Filbert like Fremont and Filbert where that little Caesars is you go down a little bit and I say Fremont and Filbert because I used to work at Little Little Caesars (laughs) I worked there for like six years so shout out to the Little Caesars but yeah um it's just for me, it was like the the community, and yeah, I, that's that's what I was gonna miss the most about Stockton is like that family friend community that I had built. Um, I can always like call someone. Um, I was never really alone. And then you're moving to a different uh, city, and I have family here, but it's just building up that network and that sense of, um, like I said, community. Uh, for the lack of a better word so yeah that was that was why it was so hard for me to leave Stockton to begin with yeah well I'm glad that you're finding your home away from home and that you know you picked a good spot and it looks like it's all all working out and I could definitely relate to that conversation that you had with your family too because I mean I, I was a film and tv major for just one semester and you know that I, I didn't go your route and being like, you know, I'm okay with like moving out <laughs> of like Modesto here, but luckily I was able to find my career in another field. And so it kind of still worked out, but it, yeah, I mean, it, it is tough when you have to explain to others like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And, and even then, right. They're like, well, even if you move over there, like, is it going to work out? You know, are you going to struggle? And yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> and And it's interesting because media is like a trillion dollar industry. There's mm. so much money in media. Like, I don't think people realize the commercials that they watch, the shows that they watch, the posters, the advertisements, mm. all of that is media. And it's there's such a huge opportunity there for a lot of people, especially for like people in our community and like um, Latinos, especially. Mm. I, I feel like a lot of the times we kind of get scared off, like, oh, our parents got brought us here to like, be successful have a good job have a good career and a lot of the times it's easy to just like be like I'm a teacher or a doctor Mm -hmm. which that's amazing but if you want to go into the arts 
I, I wouldn't be afraid because there are jobs that will pay you a lot of money to mm-hmm. like do nothing. So <laughs> of film and TV, like it's, it's, it's like, it's not taken seriously in Stockton, but here in LA, it's like, yeah, take it seriously <laughs> because that's where the money is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Plus you get to do what you love too. Right. So it's oh, like, yeah. that's all that really matters. I think at the end of the day. So yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad it's changing. Right. And, and you're out there trying to help us change that image. So everyone could be like, Hey, you know, she, she's from Stockton. She made it there. So hey, if you want to be there, you could actually be there because there's people that, you know, have made it there. So that's, that's why I get really happy when I see anyone from the 209, like just having these jobs that aren't usually the jobs that, you know, you can get around here. So yeah, exactly. Um, well, I, I want to hear more about uh, where your interest in filmmaking came from and being, you know, around a TV studio as well. So can you walk us through like when that happened? Uh, my interest in like film and TV like started when I was a kid. Uh, I remember my parents, I, I kept asking my parents for like a, a handy cam, like recorder, a video recorder. And they saved up for, I think a year. I don't know how long they saved up for, but they finally bought me one. It was like a Sony handy cam and I would make videos or movies with that. So whenever we would mess up, I didn't, we didn't have the technology at the time to like edit and then go back and like do all that, especially because it was tape. Um, so I would have to rewind and be like, all right, let's try it again and then tape over it. Um, so that's kind of how my interest started and my family were, they were all have to act. So be participants in it. I would act too in them and I would also direct them. So it's like, that's how it really started. I think I was like, I was pretty young. I was probably in the fifth grade when I started really showing interest in, in film and TV. And then I went to high school and it was just like something that I always thought was like, in the, it was always in the back of my head, but I'm always, but I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in high school. I went to Edison and I took a video class there and then I moved from Edison to, and then I went to McNair and I took like a photography class there and a, in a design class there. And it just kind of almost made me think about it more seriously. And when I was thinking about college, I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to do for college? Like, I don't want to, do anything else but this film and tv stuff um at the at the time I wanted to act and I but I also didn't want to go far so I'm just like oh I'll I'll apply to the art institute so I got in and once I was there it was just like oh like I'm really interested in the camera department and that's where in in that school we were required to shoot and I mean direct two films and that's where my two films came from. But from there, I kind of wanted to lean more towards cinematography. So me, myself, be a cinematographer. And I think I was one of three women cinematographers in that school. I mean, it was a small school, but for the majority, it was all men. Um, so I was the only one of the only women that was like actually like out there shooting short films and stuff like that. And I think I shot my first, like I shot my first film in like 2014, 2013, but it wasn't, I didn't direct it. I just shot it. And after that, that's when I directed my film. And then in 2016, I directed my senior thesis. But yeah, like that's, that's kind of how those two films kind of came about is that I, 
I mean, I had to pass a class. <laughs> but I also wrote those films in like, I really loved the films. And then you kind of get caught up because like once you, if you talk to anyone that's ever directed or in something, it's like your baby now. So it's mm-hmm. like, don't, you don't want to show it to people because you don't want people to tell you how bad it is. <laughs> but then like, you also want people to tell you how bad it is so that you can learn, but then it hurts your feelings. And mm-hmm. it's like this whole cycle. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's where my films came from. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of tough, right? Sometimes you get feedback and it's good to get it, yeah. right? But it's like, it's kind of hard for it not to hit you just a little bit is what I yeah. say sometimes. But but then, you know, you need it, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, just <laughs> go ahead and just say it. But um, yeah. well, speaking of those two short films, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about those two films? Uh, what, what were they about? And how was it for you when you're uh, directing your first one, right? Because it's like the first time that you're, doing this and you know getting that experience what, what was it like my two short films the first one um is called alexithymia uh which is that word is um the definition of that word is basically you don't can't really feel anything um or you're not sure what you're feeling like your emotions so what let me like get the definition because i remember i used to know this by the like okay. <laughs> easily i just want to say it right alexithymia it's an interesting word. I mean, I've never heard it before. It is. Yeah, I'm like, that's, I'm learning a new word every day. So that's, that's the one for the day. Yeah. So it's like, you're just like struggling with feeling emotions. Like you're not sure how you're like, you're feeling and stuff like that. Um, and it's interesting because I wrote it because I used to listen. I still do. I listen to this band called Anne Berlin and they have a song called Alex Thymia, but they never mentioned the word in the song. So then I looked up that word and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I wrote kind of the short film around that word. Um, it's basically about this girl who instead of like talking about her feelings, she paints her feelings. And her mom, who is it's like an illusion. She lost her mom as a as a kid. Her mom is like telling her and writing down on her paintings what those paintings mean, like what emotion it is. So she's happy. She writes down happy. And then she's like, oh, okay, I'm happy. Um, But then her dad is like abusive. So that's kind of why she suppresses like the feelings or doesn't know how to express her feelings. And directing that was interesting because when you're when you're starting as a as a film, like a film maker, you're like, okay, I have a vision and this is my vision and no one can change my vision. (laughs) But then you also have to understand that filmmaking is a very collaborative um, field. So without any, without all the people that are on that set, I can't make the film. And it really taught me to listen to other people's opinions, like the shots, the writing. I went to my actors and they were like, oh, can I say this instead of this? And I, at first I was like, why would they want to change it? But then they would tell me and then we would rehearse it. And I'm like, oh it makes sense. It sounds way better than how I wrote it. So it just really taught me about like collaboration. And it taught me to kind of appreciate every single job on set, because they're all really important. And but it it was really it was really hard because we shot it was like it's like a seven minute short film, I think, or maybe less. And we shot it in three days. And I mean, I don't know, how much you know about like filming something but 
a, like a 30 second commercial can take up to a week to film. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. <laughs> so for to do like a seven minute short film, my first time doing it in three days, it was hard, but um, I mean, all my friends, they crewed up with me and they all helped me out and it was, it was fun. Um, I mean, I loved every second of it and I was stressed every second of it, but I loved it. And for my second film, that's kind of the vibe that I wanted to bring. I wanted to bring like having fun and like everyone, whoever really cared about like helping me was there and the collaboration. And that film was longer. And it also, I, I was given more time to shoot it and, and, and edit and everything. And that, in that film, I shot some of it in Stockton in my parents' home. And it was funny because the the crew is used to like getting food from like we go and like we order like Chinese food and we just get like a bulk of Chinese food or something but my mom was like oh I'll cook for you so we mom cooked tacos for everyone and everyone was like oh like these were amazing <laughs> so um they were happy that day <laughs> or the few days that we shot in Stockton because of that and then my dad was offering the crew Coronas and I'm like, dad, we're still working. We can't drink yet. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, we shot some of that in Stockton and then we went and shot more of it in like Chico and we shot in the Bay and I actually had to get permits first for the Bay area because you have to, I mean, in filmmaking, you have to get permits. I should have gotten permits for the Stockton one, but it was in my house. So I'm just like, I just see my parents signature and be like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like the whole, like I said, the community. I love community and filmmaking is very, very much a community. And you kind of become family with with all the people that you're working with and collaborating with. So yeah, that film was my last film. A second film was called I'd Like to Live. And it focused a lot on like depression and um, the struggle of losing someone to suicide because I'm a huge advocate about like mental awareness, mental health awareness and um, suicide prevention. So that's something that I focused on. And it was, it was interesting because it premiered in the guild in Sacramento. And one of my friends came up to me and she, she like was, she was kind of in tears and she's like, Oh, thank you for the film. And at the time I was just like, I had just finished filming. I mean, editing it. I had just finished um, getting the like the the sound design done with my friend, and we were just like, okay, we're finally here at the theater. It was like go go go, and then for her to tell me how much she appreciated it, I was just like, oh, I made a film that people really connected with, and it's funny because Alexithymia has like over twenty thousand views on YouTube, and they and there's like people that's like on the in the comments they come back and watch it because they find it really relatable and it's such a weird feeling reading those comments and like having people say I can relate to this and it's like it's almost like you're not worthy of like having this much power of like showing these people like there's someone else out there that has experienced the same thing as you and it makes me feel really good to like create something and inspire um, other people or show them that, you know, they're not the only ones going through a certain thing. So I feel like that's why for me, film and television is really, really important. It's such a, um, 
important thing in society and it's such an important thing for uh, other people to like connect with um with everyone and connect with um just like a character or anything that'll make you feel better and for me as a kid I grew up watching a lot of tv so I'm just like that that's what I wanted to do I wanted someone to connect to my to my films and to my writing and I mean at the moment I'm working on uh, a series as well as a feature film and the characters that I have in one of the series that series is based in Sacramento and in Stockton so I'm hoping that in the future um, I wouldn't want to shoot it in LA I want I would want to shoot it up north because that's I want to get the authentic feeling. I don't want to get like the studio vibes, which I mean, in the studio, they make it, they are really good at recreating mm-hmm. the location, but I I would love to kind of bring like opportunities for like locals in Sacramento and Stockton, because that's kind of where I was. And there wasn't a lot of opportunities when I got there. Um, I remember when they were shooting Ladybird, uh, mm-hmm. everyone was like, how do you get on that set? But it's a union set. So it's a little bit different and you can't, it's, harder to get in it so yeah and all of that stuff so I would love to bring like a a film set or a television set to Northern California and just like give that opportunity to other people and like show them like hey like we are worth showing like we have beautiful areas we have areas that and we have people that are have beautiful stories like a, a lot of people that I've met in Stockton, I'm just like, wow, you should have like your own series, like a reality TV, because you are hilarious. You are so inspirational, you know? So that's kind of what I want to do. And that's my goal is to like bring a show up there because I don't think it'll be as authentic as it should be if I just did it here. Yeah, I agree. Oh, that, that, that's really awesome. And that, see, that's why I said earlier. We need more people from our area to go over there and then to come back and just get back to the community where you grew up at because that that's that's how you get industries moving around the state, right? So yeah, it's good. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm really looking forward to that series. You gotta let me know whenever um, you start working on that because that that sounds really exciting to be able to have a a series just based out of um, Northern California. So yeah, for sure. I just need the money real quick and then. Yeah, right on it. <laughs> if anyone wants to sponsor, you know, there's that. <laughs> there's plenty of companies in the Central Valley that I'm like, you guys got money, you could actually is, make this that happen. That is true. Yeah, I'll and, finish and writing benefit. it and send it to them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would benefit so much from it. I mean, I, I could think oh, 100%. of a, a lot of good ones, and and like you mentioned, there's a lot of good scenery around. Uh, I mean, don't get me started with Yosemite. That's not even oh, that far God. from us. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's funny because um, my friend came to visit and she we were, were working on a like a documentary at the moment and she wanted to interview someone and she was like, oh, I'll ask a cafe because she met the owner here in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're going to charge <laughs> because it's L.A. <laughs> they're going to charge. And she asked and yeah, it's like $100 an hour. And then we're like, yeah, no. So then I'm just like. I remember when I was in college in Northern California, since we're going to go up there, I'll ask like cafes around because I think we were planning on shooting in Sacramento. And yeah, every cafe was like, yeah, as long as you like bring your own props or um, what else do you need anything? Do you need to be in the back? We can, we'll accommodate because they're just like, they're friendly. They're not like here in Hollywood where it's like, no, you got to pay us this much Mm -hmm. much money. And, or some of them 
I remember in, in, in college, I was like, I'll take some pictures for your social media or whatever. And they're like, yeah, of course. It's just like more friendly mm. it, it up north than it is here. So here <laughs> is like $500 an hour. I'm like, no. <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. Especially like if you're an indie like creator yeah. to it, it's like, how are you going to be able to fork over that money when <laughs> yeah. you're trying to just make a name out of yourself? And yeah, that's wow. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, and interesting uh, Interesting enough, my friend directed a short film in the Stockton Airport that I shot. Uh, you know that Stockton Airport, the one that has, like, say, you can go to, like, Las Vegas or San Diego or something like that? Oh, it yeah. It's like, a lot of animals. Yeah. Uh-oh. So I I live, well, my family lives, like, not too far from there. So she we, we shot her short film there, and it actually got into some festivals. And it was really cool because it was such a small um airport and the manager was really cool and everything and it wasn't as expensive as like because she was trying to get san francisco airport and oh. i don't even want to tell you how much that would have been <laughs> it would have been a lot of money so, and we ended up getting the stocking one i'm like this is perfect because they let us go everywhere we it, except for like the tsa area they only let like i think four of us four or five of us there because it's uh, security and stuff like that but they were like, you guys got to do it in 20 minutes because TSA, we can't like have everyone in there. We're like, okay, cool. We shot something really quick and then we got out and then we were just like, it was like <laughs> probably the coolest experience just being able to like kind of free roam uh, an airport, no, even if it was that small. <laughs> but yeah, we shot in the Stockton airport and that was, that was cool. Sometimes you got to improvise, right? And I think luckily yeah. we have a lot of good spots around. Uh, you could still make it happen, right? I mean, you're, you're still getting the shot, like you said, and yeah you know yeah that they they won't charge because yeah <laughs> I always find it a hard time like just thinking about anyone charging you for that because you're basically giving them free publicity right and they're gonna get the credit there and then I mean people are gonna recognize it probably be like hey isn't that that spot so it's it it just seems like a no-brainer you're getting free advertising here you yeah. go like <laughs> yeah here it's like no, you gotta you gotta show money. <laughs> it's so expensive here. Like anything, even to get a permit, it's really expensive. Like I wouldn't be able to go out in like the middle of downtown LA with my camera and like put it in the sidewalk without like maybe getting someone to be like, "Do you have a permit?" Because um, I'd be like kind of afraid. Like if especially if it looks like an actual camera or like big lens, a big body. Mm. Uh, but if I go to Stockton, people would just be like waving to the camera. You know, <laughs> it's it's such a big difference. Wow. Yeah. Such a 360 degree thing yeah. between one other. Yeah. That's, that's something else, especially with permits. I mean, I remember my only semester I took the class and that they really talked a lot about, you know, permitting and making sure you like talk to the city. I know my team directed a little short film and there was like fake gum props being used and it was just in oh, someone's yeah. house and, you know, they still had to you go through all that process. You gotta yeah. do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, whoa, it's only a class project, but all right. I mean, that's that's how it is. So, but it's good that they, you know, teach all that, right? Because like you said, that's that's what you got to deal with when when you're actually in the industry. And if you don't do that, then you can't do your job. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it just it also protects you, like especially the insurance. I remember when I was doing my senior project, um, my actors were going to be on the beach and they asked me if they were going to the actors were going to touch the water like at least their ankle. And I'm like, I don't think so, because I think that would have been like an extra whatever amount of money if they even like kind of 
touch the water because it's like uh, this whole like in case something happens to them <laughs> i would have that insurance and i'm just like that's wild like it's so crazy like all the rules that we have which i mean it's good but like that was a lot as a college student i'm like get they're not even going to be near the water because i don't want to pay this extra money <laughs> <laughs> wow I, I i just can't imagine when you're trying to budget things out like how does that process work out like like when you're trying to figure out okay this is how much i need for this for that for that like yeah, yeah. so with a film for like okay if you're doing like a 10 minute film at at least i would say budget like ten thousand dollars which is interesting because it's it's a 10 minute film and it's a short film mm-hmm. um i think i was able to do mine with like five six thousand dollars my senior project and it's a 10 it's a 16 minute film but i i um knew a lot of people asked for a lot of favors Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's also the best way to go if you don't have that much money and I mean I had my mom cook a lot because <laughs> I can afford caterers and stuff like that but yeah like 10,000 for like a 10 minute 20 minute film is a good um, start because you're going to have to pay you pay literally everything you pay for location um, a lot of us up north would use like Airbnb mm-hmm. uh, we would just make sure to tell them like hey this is a, a, a shoot because I wouldn't want to like surprise them. Uh, <laughs> we would use Airbnb. We've had to pay for the crafty. So there's always snacks, uh, water. You got to pay for food. You got to pay your actors. You got to pay insurance. You got to pay permits. You got to pay people's gas. You pay your crew. So your crew, like the the gaffer, which they light, you pay your cinematographer, camera, your assistant director. You got to pay a lot of people to do this. And that's why... I think people don't understand, especially when they're doing like fundraising, because we were required to do like a fundraiser, like an Indiegogo and um, Kickstarter. And some of us would be successful, but some of us wouldn't. And we would have to, whatever was left, we'd kind of have to take it out of our own pockets. Mm-hmm. And then we would produce this film with a lot of our money in, in the film. And people are like, oh, that's so cool. Like, how how did you do this? How much would it cost? And they thought it was like maybe a thousand dollars. I'm like, no, it's so much money. Like I like I said, with the with the commercial between 30 seconds takes like it can take a few days, but also 30 second commercial is like a million dollars. So like more than a million dollars. Like the Super Bowl commercial that you see there are a minute or two, those are millions of dollars. And I'm here making a short film that's 16 minutes. So just imagine how much money I had to spend to make the short film and make it to the best that I could. And I, in my, in my senior project, I had a stunt where the girl is jumping from the bridge and I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like, do I need to like reach out to, I think I reached out to the, you know, those jumping places with the jumpers. (laughs) And I was like, can we like have her jump in like green screen? But we ended up getting the, this, that, that, there's a bridge next to um, Sac State that looks kind of like a miniature Golden Gate Bridge, oh, and we put yeah. a yeah, and we put no. a mattress like on what <laughs> the side of the bridge, and we just like got a really good close up, and she jumped, and we just like shot it really slow motion, and got some of her dress and like cutaways and stuff like that, and it looked really legit. But instead of spending, I think I was gonna, it was gonna like maybe I I budgeted like maybe two thousand on the VFX and all that stuff, and like renting out a place to do all that we did it in for like a hundred dollars because all i did was pay for people's gas and it's just like 
just the cuts that you make and the connections you have and the people and the friends and stuff like that. Um, that helped me a lot with saving money, but yeah. And you got to pay if making a short film, it, unless you only get your friends and they're like, Oh yeah, we'll do it just for fun. You got to pay people. And it's a lot of money. So I, I guess no one does it voluntarily or like, is it, is that still a thing where like actors could, I mean, it's just basically for experience and they're each other is helping each other out basically. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people did do it like volunteer. Like I had a few friends that they just helped um, mm -hmm. because I helped in their film or because they're, they're just friends. Um, a lot of the actors I wanted to pay because I didn't know um, most of the actors mm -hmm. and I wanted to make sure that you gave, give them money. Cause a lot of the times people don't get that actors, they, this is their job. Mm -hmm. They're taking 12 hours out of their day. because we shoot for 12 hours to be on my set so if I don't I need to give them something you know like also like my friends too like they're taking 12 hours out of like if I had the money I would pay all my friends but yeah like there's 12 hour days I mean obviously as students we kind of went past that you're not supposed mm -hmm. to but yeah we did a it's just the courtesy of like yeah you're helping me but you're helping me for a long time and it's going to be like seven 12 hour days that you're helping me with so it was just like, I tried to do the best that I could. And I mean, if I couldn't afford to pay them for the day, I would give them like um, the gas money and I would make sure that they had food. Uh, they always had lunch. They always had like crafty snacks in place because crafty in the film industry is a huge <laughs> thing. Crafty is crazy because, yeah, it's there's always food on set. Always. There's always there's never not food on set. I've never been to a set where there's never where there's no food. Like they will they spend so much money on crafty and I understand why because it's hard work. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Um and you a lot of the times you do film for 12 hours more over 12 hours. I've been on a set for like 17 hours. It's it's a long time. Whoa. So <laughs> you you need some some sort of like food to keep to keep you going and there's a lot of coffee. <laughs> Oh, I, I can imagine 17 hours yeah. that you, you that doesn't give you enough time to sleep because <laughs> you're oh, not even no. going to sleep seven hours. So you're going to go back home and do other things yeah. and then sleep. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something else. But yeah, I'm glad that, you know, you were able to find ways to still um, compensate them in one way or another, because, yeah, you're right. It's uh, long, long shifts. <laughs> I mean, if we think yeah. of any other job, you know, normally you have your eight hours in and you're gone. But with you guys yeah that's that's a lot of commitment to to be around so yeah and it's 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 interesting because yeah it's like i would still rather be on set for 12 hours than be in an office for eight hours you know <laughs> like i i love going to work every day and that's something that i'm really um fortunate enough to say because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't get to say that mm -hmm. um i was given really good opportunities and i i was presented with a lot of really amazing opportunities. And obviously I wouldn't be here without my parents sacrificing what they had to sacrifice to get me here. So I, every time I do something, I do, I do it thinking of like my family back home and I do it thinking of like other people because it's such a hard industry to break into. And I'm always like really thankful, like where I come from um, and thinking this is another door and not just, I don't really, think it's so much as like another door for me but it's like another door for people behind me 
I also I, I, I mentor for a uh, a program called Creating Creators that um, the founders, they actually started in Sacramento. Well, that's where I met them in Sacramento. They started in L.A., but they started a class in Sacramento. And I would mentor students. Um, majority of them were like Latinos. And it's just like giving them that that artistic bug. And they, I think my, my class was in the fifth grade and they were, they did great. They were amazing. We taught them how to make a film. They, they um, premiered their films at Pixar. And it's really cool because you don't really get to see that, especially like in Northern California, you don't get that exposure of like filmmaking and stuff like that. So for me, it's like, yeah, I'm presented with the, all these awesome opportunities, but I also want to be able to open the door for someone else to make it easier to get in because it took me a long time to get into where I'm at, I'm at right now. So I kind of want to like be a hand and be like, Hey, if you, if you want to, and you want to pursue this career, don't be afraid to ask questions because I've been in that, in that position where I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I go? You know, how do I get jobs? Um, so yeah, I, I, I think a lot about like my family getting me here. And I think a lot about like the people that I will also be helping when I do finally get to the place that I want to be in my career. But yeah, it's just taking every day. And I'm really, I just feel like I'm really lucky to be working in an industry where I just get to create stuff every day. And like, I, people are going to binge the show that I'm going to be working on, you know, like that's, that's just really exciting to me. Oh yeah. As a content creator. Yeah. I know how fun it is right? when you have something and, when you have it out there and people are giving you comments on it, you just you just feel so great, right? To know that yeah. the, your work is like being in, you know inspirational to others and you know making other people happy when they're not having great days. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's what it's what we we do our thing for. <laughs> well, now that you mentioned uh, some of those shows that some people might be binge watching, can you tell us more about you know some of the shows that you're working on right now? I know that they're some pretty like well known shows too. I started working um in the industry like officially um as a production assistant so that's kind of where you start a lot of the times mm -hmm. and i started working on i was just a production assistant for like american idol i forgot what mm -hmm. season it was because i don't i don't watch a lot of the stuff that i work on because mm -hmm. i've already seen it so i'm just <laughs> like oh, i'm just like whatever and and then i watched i worked on another show called we're here it's on hbo um a lot of it was reality for the first year and then I recently just finished um, season eight of Brother versus Brother with um, the Property Brothers. I don't know if you've heard of them. Amazing people, love them. Okay. I work, I work pretty, pretty frequently with them, uh, but they are reality um, TV. And I do Try Guys. They're like a they were with BuzzFeed, and now they're like a their own YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. They're really cool. But currently, I'm working on. Um, winning time season two which is about the lakers um in that mm -hmm. dynasty and um it's a scripted show so they already did season one um so you guys go watch it so that we can get a season three <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's what i'm working on right now and it's it's very different than the other shows i used to work on because like i, I used to work a lot in, in reality and now this is like in the studio I mean, I worked on game shows that were in studios and stuff like that, but this is like, there's a script, there's actors, um, and 
there's cut and there's action, you know, there's, it's not at so much like reality TV, which I mean, in reality TV, there's a lot of celebrities and mm-hmm. um, you kind of, it's funny because people are like, don't you freak out when you see celebrities? I'm like, they are literally <laughs> like people, like <laughs> some of them are awkward. Some of them are cool. Some of them are fun, but they're, I've, I've had some pretty good like interactions with um, a lot of celebrities and like, they're really cool to talk with and everything. And I mean, I mean, I consider some, some of them like friends. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting world to, to be in. Um, But yeah, it's in, in reality, you, you kind of see them and then it's a little bit more close than in the scripted area, because in reality, you're like, you, you're with them all the time and scripted, they go to the trailers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I'm currently working on, um, winning time and it's about the Los Angeles Lakers, like how they, when they, um, drafted Magic Johnson and that whole era of the Lakers and everything. And when they won the championship and I actually just finished watching the first season yesterday (laughs) because this is my first week working on it. And I'm just like, Oh, this is a good show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool. I'm glad uh, you got the chance to. To see it and yeah, everyone go watch it. Uh, I'll, I'll probably check it out now that you're involved in it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm not like a Lakers fan myself. Yeah, I don't know anything about basketball. Yeah. It, it was it was Jersey Day on Friday, and I I think I was like the only one wearing a baseball jersey. So <laughs> everyone was wearing like a Lakers jersey, and I'm like over there with my San Francisco Giants jersey. So you should have worn a, a Sacramento Kings jersey right there. I mean, I don't know how that would have oh, gone down. If, uh, you're like just oh, representing. <laughs> oh, they would have like, because they were chewing me up with the Giants. <laughs> so if I would have worn the Kings jersey, they would have been like, oh, I wouldn't have heard the last of it. <laughs> Although I would have been like, come on, like, you know, uh, you know, don't hate on us too much, right? Because Kings haven't made the playoffs in like a really yeah. long time. So it's like, oh, come on. Could they really say much, right? It's like. <laughs> That they should yeah. <laughs> I used to love going to the Kings games actually. I had no idea what was going on. But like a friend I have a few friends that work at the Kings. So occasionally he would like one of my friends would like give me tickets. And it's just fun. Like especially the Golden One Center. It's such a cool arena and the Sierra Nevada like area where mm. all the, like the beer is all the like everyone goes and talks. It's just like a cool environment. So I mean, go Kings. I have no idea what basketball, like even <laughs> working on a basketball show, I don't know what's going on, but you know, like <laughs> I, I support. <laughs> Are they also filming at, at their venue as well? At, at the Lakers venue? I'm assuming that they've done production there or no? No. Uh, oh, okay. we, we film all on stage. Yeah. Everything's oh, okay. on stage oh, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at least for now, right? You're like, hey, maybe there's a season three. You might get more inside access. To- <laughs> I don't know when we, I don't know when the Lakers get to the Staples Center or the Crypto Center yeah. or what, whatever they call it these days. <laughs> uh, so I, I wouldn't know, but I think I don't want to, I don't want to shoot at the Staples Center. <laughs> it would be so much work. <laughs> I don't think any of us want to shoot there. Oh, really? Why, why is that? It's just because filming on location is so, it's like, mm. it's such a hassle. Because when you're on stage, the equipment's there, everything's there. Mm. So when you go and film on location, you got to take everything with you. And then you got to put everything back. And it's like, I know it sounds lazy, but it's like 12 hours of work. And then you still got to do all that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's like a back and forth, right? Because you have to get it from the studio, right? You go back and then you 
take it back to the studio? Is that how that works? No, I, um, I mean, if it's just like a day, then they we just take the, the equipment to whatever location we're at. Um, and then we come back to the studio and, and drop off. Or like I've, I've worked on some shows where like the director of photography owns all of the equipment. So we just we just drive to the location where we're shooting and then they we drive the equipment back to their homes. And that's that's that. But we basically work out of a van. So I'd rather work out of like an actual um, area than an act like a van because it's just annoying. Oh, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, you don't have that much space and you have all these yeah. like, equipments around you. and <laughs> Yeah. And especially starting like when I was starting off as a production assistant, I remember I did like a show. What was the show called? It was a, a Gordon Ramsay show. I forgot what the show was called. Sorry, guys. Um, but it, it was food related for sure, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was. And they had amazing catering. Oh, my God. They had like, oh, like seared tuna, right? Like with the chefs right in front of you. I'm like, that's crazy. But oh, wow. um, they we were shooting at a beach. And I mean, the crew was like there was like maybe 200 people there. So we would have to like grab all the tables and the chairs and put them on the beach in the sand and then break everything down at night and then put it back in the morning bring everything out and put it oh. in. so it was just it's not fun <laughs> yeah i mean it's a lot of work it, it's not even fun when you're doing it for personal enjoyment no. right <laughs> no i can't imagine wow yeah that's yeah that's a lot <laughs> I, I definitely don't ever want to put a table up ever again in my life <laughs> <laughs> if i could help it yeah 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 like oh i'll just i'll get people to put tables yeah. chairs for any event and <laughs> i see a folding chair and i get triggered so i'm like, <laughs> like i'm good <laughs> oh no you, you go to, if you go to any party then right you're like yeah, no they better cover well, it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> put a bow on it or something for like, you know. or make sure it's not a folding chair right just get a desk chair and yeah <laughs> <laughs> or or get one of those um director chairs right with the the name oh, and yeah. those are so annoying too <laughs> and a lot of, they're just annoying to like put away oh my god it's just like everyone everyone's gonna be like oh i love those director's chairs no they're annoying guys because <laughs> you gotta put them away and then the thing falls off with the name <laughs> on it and you gotta put it back on <laughs> Okay, so they're not as great. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us we see that are like, oh, that's so cool. You know, uh, have, yeah. you have your name. And <laughs> they use different ones now, though. They use like a like some foldable, like uh, kind of like the ones that you use to go camping. Oh, okay. But they are they look more like director chairs, and those are way easier than like the wooden ones that are like <laughs> the old school director ones that are annoying to put away. As a as a as a former production assistant, that's how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that, that's really interesting. Um, well, I know you brought up the topic of celebrities earlier and how you've been able to, like, you know, befriend some of them. Uh, wh who are some of those celebrities that, you know, you've gotten to kind of know and, you know, you could consider them as like friends like over the, over the years? I, I mean, I've met a, I've, I've met a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people that I feel like I didn't really make an impression on. And then they're like, oh, I remember you. I'm just like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, that's cool. But I think. I mean, there's a lot of celebrities out there that I'm very like I look I I look up to that that I I mean I didn't really get close to some of these people, but some of them I did and I kind of admire their work and everything. Mm -hmm. And then some of them I just like admire from afar. But I think like for example, the property brothers, I I really admire how they work and they're um just the the 
vibe. I've been working with them for about two years and they are the nicest guys that I've like, they have their own company and all their shows go through their company, but they're like, they make an, uh, a point and an effort to like know your name the first day that they make that they meet you. And I remember the first day um, they asked for my name and they, the rest of the time they were like calling me by my name. They didn't forget my name and they do that all the time. So like working with them for like two years now, it's like, it's almost like a, and the, the crew stays the same. So it's like a family for us. Um, and we all joke around and everything and we trust each other to do each other, like to do the job. But then also like <laughs> during lunchtime, we just like banter. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> And sometimes like they would get involved. I mean, they're busy guys. I mean, they're running a business and they do multiple shows at a time. So whenever they did get the opportunity to like stay and sit with us and talk with us, it was just, it's fun. Like, it's just all, we're all friends. We're all talking. We're all having a good time. And they've, they, it, that company gave me like a really good opportunity to move up from a production assistant to a assistant camera. So that... I think I think like for them, they're they're great guys. Like, and I don't just say that because I I worked for them, but like out of all of, like out of everyone that I've met, they they've really tried to make everyone feel kind of like like they like they cared for them and like that they're very thankful. Uh, I brought a friend, I brought a fruit a few friends to um, work a few days because we were kind of down some production assistance and I, uh, who was it that told me that? I think it was, um, uh, was it Jonathan? No, I don't think it was Jonathan. I remember one of them came up to me and they, they, they were like, thank you for like bringing your friends. Like, uh, I'm glad that you are, you feel comfortable and good to like recommend other people to like come to our sets and stuff like that. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I always have fun with you guys. You guys are great. And my friends had a good time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to keep in touch with the company because they're just really cool people. They're really nice. And yeah, they 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 have a really good sense of humor. And like our crew is always like having fun, stuff like that. So, yeah, like and they, they do a really good job of keeping the same people and then bringing them back, which is why it's like a whole family. But then I, I definitely appreciate them and I appreciate their their um their sister-in-law, which is their their hair and makeup artist, mm. but she also does like mo- she also did modeling in the past and stuff like that. But yeah, they are probably like maybe because I worked with them the longest. They're I guess my favorite, and like I I have a appreciation for them as just human beings, not just as celebrities, but like as human beings. Um, but yeah, I would say them. Other celebrities that I met, I met Octavia Spencer and Renee Zellweger, and they're amazing human being so nice melissa mccarthy i we were mm. shooting we shot a, a show in her place so like it was funny because i didn't know she was um in the show um a friend was just like hey do you want to be an, an ac which is an assistant camera and i'm like sure and then i got the address and the call sheet and i showed up and then i see melissa there and i'm just like I, i'm just like oh wh- wh- what the heck <laughs> and i'm just like looking for like somewhere to charge the camera batteries and she's like, hi. And I was like, hi, um, I'm just looking for an outlet. And she's like, oh, okay, I think there's charging over there. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't know it was her house. Oh. So I'm just like walking around. But she's <laughs> such a nice person. Yeah, she was really nice. Um, and I, I worked with her for a few, for maybe like 
uh, two months um, this early spring. So yeah, like you, it's weird because you meet a lot of celebrities and especially like in the scripted world, I'm noticing that um, the crew, like they know a lot of celebrities, but it's just like this whole interaction. It's like, oh, how have you been? You know, it's never like how people would expect to be like, oh my God, can I have your autograph? No, it's like, <laughs> like they legitimately ask, how's your kid? How's, how's this person doing? You know, how's mm. your mom? And it's, it's kind of that. And that's kind of how I started seeing them. I like, if I see a celebrity, I'd be like, oh, cool. I'd, I'll leave them alone. I'll see them somewhere while I'm working or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not very, I don't, I don't think any, I can, I don't think if I walk up to a celebrity, I, I'd freak out. I think the only one that I'd probably freak out would be like Lana Del Rey. And that's because it's like, I love her. But like anything else, I'd be like, eh, you know, you, you just really get to see their human side of, of them and not so much their characters because they don't play a lot of them. I'm just like, you are not like your character at all. Mm. Like you <laughs> are a different person. And I mean, I respect that, but man, you are not your character mm. at all. You are a good actor. <laughs> Yeah, those are the most amazing actors, right? The ones that, mm -hmm. you know, that they, they know that when the camera goes on, they flip a switch when that's gone. They're like, hey, I'm I'm a completely different person. I'm not the evil person that <laughs> is yeah. being portrayed in the movie. Right. You're like, I'm actually a really, uh, you know, friendly individual. And, and and it's cool. Like I said, it just shows how much talent they have to be able to interpret just different roles like that. Yeah. And. I, a lot of the times, like you do leave them alone because they're acting and mm. you don't want to take them out of that zone. But I mean, sometimes they, I remember one time I, was, I had to, the di assistant director was like, hold Octavia's uh, umbrella for her. And I was like, okay, because that's normal. Like other people hold their umbrellas. Oh. And she was like, so nice. She was like, oh no. And she grabbed the umbrella from me. She's like, I'll do it. I'm, I'm, I got hands. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> But then the, the assistant director's like, no, you hold it. And I'm like, she wants to hold it. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, try to take it from her. So it's like a lot of them are really humble. Um, but they also, like, understand that we, that our job is to, like, I guess, cater to them. So, I mean, some it's when we're, like, holding umbrellas or holding stuff like that for them, it's not because, like, a, a lot of them aren't because, like, oh, I need someone to hold an umbrella. No, it's just, like, <laughs> standard and now they're like oh, okay I guess they're gonna do this for me but sometimes I do get people or I, I used to get people that are like no I got it I don't I don't need you to do that for me like I can hold my own umbrella <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm glad to hear that they're humble right because I think sometimes uh all of us who aren't involved in and you know working in the industry sometimes you tend to think like oh you know they might feel like really entitled and you know they might uh -huh. not even speak to their production it's just like they go in they act and then they leave and disregard everyone else so it's always really warming to be able to hear that you know there's that that might just be a, a misconception that's out there and that there's a lot that are just really great with with the crew they work with yeah and and a lot of them yeah they are great because it's we kind of all have the same um the same reason to be there we're all creating something we all are in working on a, a film or a television show that we kind of all believe in so and without the actor there's no show without the director there's no show without the production assistant there's no show you know so we mm -hmm. all help each other out and it's just all collaborative so we all have that that understanding that we're all there to do one thing and that's to 
create the show or create the film. So it's just like that, that, that respect that we all have for one another. And I mean, you won't get it all the time, but I've been lucky enough to get it from um, most of the people that I've, that I've worked with. So I have one question that I've always kind of wondered too, just because again, you know, you're not in the environment. So is your day-to-day different or is it similar? And then, you know, walk us through like what, what it's like, uh, you know, just the one day you wake up, you go to work and what's the process like? And I guess to give you a, a project, cause I'm sure, you know, it's probably different with all the projects. Uh, let's go back to the Lakers one. Um, okay. So I, I mean, I work tomorrow, so I get up tomorrow <laughs> and then I, I mean, I get ready. I, I think we have like a pretty early call time. So I wake up early, I go to the studio and you check into the studio and then uh, they shoot. I help the loader with, cause we're shooting film. So the film has to be, it's way different shooting film than shooting like on an SD card or um, a CF card or whatever card that they use. So with film, it's just quick. You can't really mess up too much because the film will run out and then it's really expensive. So we go through like a lot of rolls a day. I think we go through at least like 20 rolls a day. And that's because we're shooting different formats. But yeah, like my day is just running around, <laughs> mm-hmm. making sure that um, there's enough film um, there for the camera, for the camera department going back to the loader, making mm-hmm. sure that I grab what she needs, what she needs me to grab. And that way I can take it to the camera department. And then once the film is shot, I grab that shot film and then I go to turn it into the loader. So it's a lot of back and forth, a lot of running around, but I do get to watch a lot of like what happens and what goes on because in, in film, there's like in film and in TV, there's, there's the director and then you have, the assistant director, which is the AD. And then you have your camera, your camera operators, your camera assistants, first and second assistants. And those are usually the people in the room because then you'll crowd up the room if you have everyone on that set. So in the studio, all of us are there. But then in the actual stage, when you walk in, it's usually the only the people that really need to be there. And then outside we have monitors of people like directors watching everything and stuff like that. But yeah, the, and just making sure like the monitors are okay for the director to watch that it never dies um, and stuff like that. So that's kind of my day to day. And like, there's always, like I said, there's always crafty and like they feed us like every two hours. And I told them, <laughs> I told the crafty guys I to not let me eat anymore because it's, it's excessive. I'm just like, you guys need to stop because they're like, oh, there's quesadillas and crafty now. I'm like, why? We just ate two hours ago. I don't need it, but like it's there. So now I have to eat it. It's like, they're like, you don't have to. I'm like, no, I have to because it's there now. So it's like the opportunity has presented itself. So it's a lot of eating too. Um, And yeah. um, And then the actors wrap. Once the actors wrap, they get to go home, but we still have to like finish up and everything. And I'm usually like one of the one of the last people to leave because I just want to make sure everything's everyone is good. No one else needs me. And then I go home and then I watch Well, I was watching the, the, the first season, but now I have to like, I love watching documentaries. I go home, watch documentary and wake up, do it all over again. And this is like a 12 hour day. Um, we haven't had anything longer than a 12 hour day. I don't think because it's just, we just started shooting, 
but I I know that a lot a lot of the times towards the like end of the season for a lot of shows you kind of end up hitting a lot of overtime yeah like I mean like I said I've been on shows where I was like a 17 hour day and that's I've I've heard of like people saying that they're they've had like 24 hour days and I'm like that's not a day <laughs> but yeah it's just it's it's such an interesting it's an interesting industry but I don't think I'd rather be in any other industry it's it's fun and I, every day is different. We don't do, I mean, I do the same tasks, but I do it in a different environment. And we always, we're, you can tell that everyone there is having fun. It's like, we're all like uh, kids in a toy store. <laughs> and I love seeing the director, like watching the monitor and they're like, yes, like we, got, that's a good performance. Mm. And at, like watching the the cinematographer be like, oh my God, that shot was amazing. And yeah, it's just cool. Like watching them because I hope to be a cinematographer one day. So I'd like watching him and I ask a lot of questions when it's like an appropriate time and stuff like that. Cause the, the crew that I'm with, like they're really good at answering questions and they understand that um, other people are interested in like doing their job. So I got really lucky with that. Um, but yeah, that's my, my daily life is just running around. I just bought new shoes cause my feet <laughs> were hurting last week. My, this is a lot. <laughs> Oh, well, that sounds really exciting. And, you know, even though they're long hours, I mean, if you're having fun, I feel like it doesn't even feel like they're long hours, right? Because that's usually what I like to say, right? If you're keeping busy before you know it, you're like, wait, it's been already eight, nine hours? Like, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of where I feel like everyone should be. Um, I know it's hard and not everyone is like fortunate enough to like have that option. But definitely choosing like a career path where you legitimately feel like you you can get up in the morning and be like ah another another day at work you know um another day of having fun and it doesn't have to be filmmaking obviously other people have different interests but yeah i'm i'm really lucky to have um to have landed um mm-hmm. in this career path yeah that's awesome i'm really glad to hear that well one last question before i let you go thanks for uh, you know being on here and you know, get, give me your free time here so we could talk about your career and whatnot. But uh, do you have any advice for anyone that's trying to, you know, get into the film industry and, you know, whatever aspect of it? Uh, yeah. So I would definitely, I mean, if you're in like the Stockton area, go on staffmeup.com and they have a lot of production assistant like postings. So a lot of uh, productions kind of look for people to like be a production assistant. Um, I did a, there's a few of them actually in Sacramento, a lot, sometimes they shoot a lot in Sacramento, they shoot in Reno or in San Francisco. So if you want to get your foot in the door, you can go to staffmeup.com and just make up a, a free like, um, login, and then you can apply from there. Um, that's something that I wish I knew when I was up in Northern California. And I did get a few jobs from that. And once I moved here, I got some jobs from that too. But it's mostly reality driven, but it does get you like your foot in the door and you kind of get to know like the lingo the, um, of what a film set, like how they talk and what a film set is kind of like or a television set. And definitely, if you're like into writing, write as much as you can. Um, enter writing contests. There's a lot of them on um, filmfreeway.com. Uh, th- that's filmfreeway.com. It's like a film festival uh, submission place. So if you want to submit your film, you can submit it there. But they also have a lot of 
writing competitions. So make sure you do that. That's if you want to be a director or you want to write, go on that, do that stuff. Sundance also has like their own writing competition. And once you're in with Sundance, you're pretty golden. A lot of film festivals have that. Go to film festivals and like meet people. I've met people from all over the world in film festivals. I met a really good friend at a film festival and she has the same interests as I do. So go to film festivals, put yourself in that in that position, reach out on Instagram. I I reached out on TikTok to a cinematographer. He shot American Horror Story season five. And I asked him a few questions and then he, we like zoomed um, a few times. And now it's like I have his number and I can text him, you know, so you never know, like put yourself out there reach out to people, reach out to me if you need to. I, I, I love when people reach out to me because I like answering questions and making it a little bit easier for the next generation. Go to school um, because in school you make the connections, especially if you're in school in LA or in um, New York, you make those connections. But yeah, um, just don't be afraid to reach out because I mean, you can send the same email or the same message to like 20 filmmakers that you look up to Maybe one of them will get back to you and be like, oh, this, this and that. They'll answer your question and maybe you can develop a friendship out of that. Um, and if not, they answered your question. Right. So you have that answer now. But always just stay curious. Ask people questions. We are normal people like directors are normal people. Yeah, they're busy and they will answer you when they're not busy. But yeah, I, I would just say reach out, go to Film Freeway, go to Staff Me Up. You're going to start as a production assistant. I rarely see anyone start as a director. Um, so if you want to be in this, you're going to start as a production assistant for the most part. Um, and then there, it's really good to see if you want to be an assistant director, if you want to be um, a director, a cinematographer, it's a really good spot to kind of see what you want to do and what each job does, because you're just kind of watching and it's an entry position. So yeah, those are, those are some tips. And if anyone wants to, um, reach out to me, I'll answer any questions. Um, but yeah, I think I think going onto those websites and making sure that you approach whoever you want to approach um, because you never know, they might just like contact and um, might, they might be a good contact and they might actually like bring you on to something. Awesome. Yeah, those are really great things. Uh, well, where can people reach out to you now that you mentioned that too? <laughs> um, they can, <laughs> you can reach out to me on Instagram, um, culture Maria. Uh, I, although I, right now my phone isn't letting me on Instagram, so I have to lo I have to log into my like my um, computer. I don't know what happened to my phone. It's just like not happy with me. So I might take a while to reply, as you know, Louise, <laughs> <laughs> because I have to log into my computer. So if you wanna, if you want to, um, yeah, if you wanna reach out uh, via Instagram. It's Culture Maria. If you want to email me, which is probably quick, it's a little bit quicker. It's Maria Alanis Films with an S at the end at gmail.com. And I will reach out and I will, um, whatever questions you have or anything about the industry, I will make sure to answer any of those questions. Cool. Well, yeah, that sounds great. Um, hopefully you're able to to get that fixed soon. And uh, let me know if you need any help with that. I think I've I've had that happen to me with other accounts. And it's, I know it's annoying to have to go yeah. on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> um great well i can't wait to hear back from you maybe like 
a year, two years down the line, especially when you have more projects going on. And, uh, you know, especially when you have other things over here, I know that series, ever since you mentioned it, I'm like, I want to hear more about it. And yeah. I you know, definitely want, want to share it as much as possible, especially once you have it all done and you mm -hmm. want to make sure that, you know, we get more, more work over here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for being on again. And, uh, uh, I hope you have the best of luck over there and uh, I'll be watching that Lakers series now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me and best of luck to the podcast. I, I listened to a few episodes and I really like it. I enjoy listening to other people that are from that area and not just me being like, <laughs> it's not just one successful story. It's multiple su successful stories from that area. And I love that. So thank you for showing that. Oh yeah. Thanks. I'm glad to hear that. Once again, thank you so much to Maria for being on the podcast tonight. It's always really great to be able to hear from people who've had a vision to get to where they want to get. And I'm really glad that she's uh, day by day working towards getting to that point in her career where she wants to be at. And especially coming from the Valley, as we spoke about earlier, it's never easy to be able to get into these media fields that a lot of people uh, view as almost unattainable here in the area. Uh, and I'm a big believer that all it takes is just a couple of people making it there and showing everyone back home that like, hey, I grew up in the same area you did. And now I'm working in this industry that previously, you know, just seemed like you couldn't get there. Uh, and we're just going to have more people over there as well. Uh, of course, we do have a lot of great scenery here as well, like Maria mentioned. And I think, you know, I, I have no doubt that we're going to be seeing TV shows, movies being produced here in the area. Maybe, of course, never to the extent of L.A. itself. But I think all it really takes as well there on that part is to have one or two TV shows, movies that do really good that were filmed over here in Northern California to be able to show everyone that like, hey, you could choose, you know, to film over here because there's a lot of great places that, you know, could really, you know, showcase your film idea or your TV show that you're trying to record. And the moment that that happens, whew, we're going to see a lot more actors here in the area and uh, more interest, I think, just in general uh, to be in the film industry or just working in general, maybe in television as well. And so I'm really excited for that. And like I mentioned, once Maria has more details on the series that she's working on, and especially once that series is complete, we're definitely going to have her back here on the podcast to talk about that and let us know what the experience was like and uh, bringing uh, you know, some show work over here to uh, the Central Valley. Well, once again, if you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to it. It really does help the show out a lot. And you also get to find out whenever I post new episodes, which uh, I am on a schedule of posting every Wednesday. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to the podcast tonight. And as usual, if you'd like to be on the show or if you know someone else who would be interested in being on the show, please feel free to share the show with them and share our socials with them. You can find us at The 209 Journey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So feel free to send me a direct message on any of those platforms and we'll try to get the interview coordinated there as well. Well, I hope everyone has a great morning or night whenever you might be listening to this and we'll see you next week here on the 209 Journey podcast.